You are listening to the Pulse, Rod Murray's e-learning tech podcast. Number 214, Jonas Jillicoy of Airtame. He's talking trash, and he can't get back, but he's built to last. Who was it? Jump on it. Rod Murray. Welcome back to my podcast. That teaser was a clip from Fuzzy Freaky Summertime by David Byrne from the Visible Man album. I'm quite a fan of David Byrne. I've seen him in concert a couple of times. Very creative guy. We're in the midst of summertime, so I thought this would be appropriate. Listen to the full song at the end of my podcast. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by D2L. You may know their main product, the Brightspace Learning Management System, I, of course, would only accept sponsorship from companies and products that I am very fond of. So please check out their website at d2l.com slash pulsepodcast to learn more. I also invite you to follow me on Twitter. My handle is RodsPods. As always, I post links to the things we talk about on my show notes website at www.rodspulsepodcast.com. In this podcast episode, I interview Jonas Jolicoy, the co-founder of Airtame, a company that provides a wireless screen sharing solution. We discuss Jonas's background and how Airtame was founded. The initial problem Airtame aimed to solve was streaming games from a powerful computer to a smaller device, but it evolved into wirelessly sharing screens and digitizing the user experience in meeting rooms and classrooms. They targeted the education sector, particularly K-12, and expanded into the U.S. market. Jonas explains, Airtame's goal of being a consolidated solution for screen sharing, digital signage, and conferencing, and envisions a future of seamless and intelligent screen interaction. So without further ado, here's my interview with Jonas Jolicoy. So Jonas, really happy to have you here today talking to me and my audience. Um, Why don't you tell our audience where you're located? Yes, thanks a lot, Rod. Uh, I'm located located in Denmark, Copenhagen, more specifically. Uh, it's a rainy day here in uh, May, so uh, all this as usual in in that regards. So uh, happy to be on. Good, good. So before we get into the um, details of what your what Airtame does, your your main product, um, I'm always curious about uh, entrepreneurship and and how. You started, uh, I think you're the co-founder um, of the business and yep. uh, very interested in in what that process was like, what's your background and how you got to start uh, this company. Yeah. Uh, stop me if I, I go too long about that. Once I get started, that's typically, you know, rolling out. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, our story starts before Airtame uh, in, 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 in many ways because uh, we, you know, we had to find each other, um, you know, the, the founding team of Air Team, that is. Um, from ver- very early on, uh, we all had uh, an itch to, you know, start a company. Uh, and I think the primary driver behind that was um, to be in control of the problem that we wanted to solve and how we wanted to solve that, that problem uh, and, like, take full responsibility of, of, of making a good solution for a problem that, that we cared about. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the underlying drive for why we wanted to do something ourselves instead of joining another company. 
Um, so in, in the early days, uh, 19, 20 years old, we, uh, the four founders had kind of something else going on. Uh, it's like trying to get off the ground with, with some something. Um, and then uh, long story short, we, we ended up teaming up for another company. Uh, again, before your team, and we were kind of pulling each other in. It's like, hey, you know, let's prioritize to do something with with these people. Um, and then the idea is is you know come second. So we all kind of gave up gave up on our initial first idea for for a startup in order to join forces. And then uh, people kind of dragged other people in. It's like, you know, he is good. You know, we should get get him him on board and then try to do something. Uh, the company, yeah. What uh, what was your background? Are you an engineer oh, yeah. or, or uh, no. so, uh, educa- in no. education? No, so I'm uh, I'm I'm more on the business side. So I've t- studied at Copenhagen Business School, economics, uh, IT, and leadership. So I'm I'm somewhat technical, uh, but I, I fortunately have some much more technical people in in the founding team. Uh, CTO and, and co-founder is a computer scientist from from the Technical University of Denmark. Uh, but has worked with a mix of hardware and software, so knows both sides. And then we had a specific product uh, developer, uh, more on the har- hardware side and the um, you know user experience uh, on the, on the you can say the more physical as- aspect, uh, installation, all that. And then we have a, a user experience, more on the software and the journey and the conceptualization and the branding side of things. Um, so and we all studied at at, at um, you know different universities. So it was through the startup scene that we, yeah, that we got to know each other and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, ended up joining joining forces as mentioned. Uh, but the company before your team that was a consultancy company. We worked with uh, a lot of the open source tools and open data and open innovation. And what we tried to do back then was to. Uh, reduced total cost of ownership for especially some public companies, uh, municipalities, Danish broadcasting corporation, things like that, um, by leveraging some of the open designs for, for example, building server infrastructure and some software to digitalize the you know old radio programs, things like that. Um, so we had some some cool technology, some some good customers, but um, but especially me and Attila, who is my co-founder and CTO of Airteam. We were like, we don't really, you know, like that we build some cool stuff for a customer and then we, you know, jump onto another customer, another project. It's like, it's a waste of good technology, you know, just leaving that behind. So we wanted to, you know, build a company around uh, some scalable technology. Um, and now I'm getting, <laughs> I, I'm getting more into the Airtame, you know, era. Yeah, that, that's uh, fine. Because, in fact, uh, I'm, I'm interested in, what was the initial problem that you were trying to solve exactly. with their team? Yeah, because um, because Attila, CTO co-founder, um, his initial problem was actually that he gamed late at night at home, and he had a powerful stationary computer in his bedroom where his girlfriend obviously had to go to sleep. Um, so he couldn't play games late at night. Um, so he was like, how do I play games on the powerful stationary computer? Um, you know that very well. Back then, it had to be a stationary, powerful computer in order to play all the cool games. So he was like, "What if I just mirror the stationary computer screen onto my little netbook, and then I can bring that into my to the living room and play games late at night?" So he wrote a little software program for that, call and he called it the game streaming service. Um, 
and that was the use case. That was the initial problem that he was solving for himself. But then he showed me that uh, prototype. Uh, this was back in early 2013. And um, and next to trying to build up the, the, the consultancy company, um, I was also an IT supporter uh, at uh, uh, yeah some Danish some bigger Danish companies, um, and I was I was the IT guy. I was the on call. Something is not working. Get your ass up here. You know the cable's not working. We, we're missing an, an adapter, uh, and 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 that kind of stuff. And I always felt like I'm only doing this you know part time student job because I'm not making any money whatsoever in my company, and that's actually my main track. So and I was. I was looking stupid. I was reactive all the time. There was no scalable way for me to go out, go uh, in, uh, and check all the meeting rooms before people had meetings. There was no way. It was all uh, analog, so there was no way for me sure. to, other than being reactive. Oh, now I come come fix it, and in, in some way, it's my fault, uh, right? So I, I hated that. So we then fused those two things. It's like if we can share you know, a screen from one computer to the other computer, we should be able to do the same to another kind of computer that we could just plug into a, to a TV or to a projector and then get rid of the cables. And by getting rid of the cables, it's a better user experience, we thought. Uh, you can do this wirelessly, like cabled seemed old school back then, still also today. Um, so it's like, there must be a mo more modern way of doing it. But also, if we could digitalize that experience and get a computer behind the screen that we hook up to the network, we could actually provide uh, you know, IT, especially with a cloud management platform so they could be more proactive in ensuring that their setup in meeting rooms classes um, is actually up and running or, or take action uh, before people have you know, important meetings or meetings at all uh, to fix the, the, the problem uh, at least right. as much as possible. Wait, was that around the time I, I seem to recall the uh, there were some platforms out there that for IT departments that would monitor uh, the usage of computers on in my case on campus uh, Altiris I think was one of them right so yeah yeah was that around at that time I guess yeah I think that I think but that was this around. Is, you're you're taking yeah. a step further to to look at the uh, uh, the screens right because yeah to me to to you know for us it was about the screens we 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 thought that one thing is the cables right that you you know it's it it seemed you know old school that you had to use a physical cable in order just to show what i have on my laptop or on my phone and and send that to the big screen like why yeah. why why use a cable for that must be another way to send that data you know over and we you know we have the network we have wi wi-fi we have bluetooth there there should be a way to send that those packages wirelessly, um, and 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 the, the the problem was interesting because we felt it was it was much bigger than just providing that connection. It was actually unlocking uh, the ability for people to much more easily broadcast something, or show their idea, or contribute to the meeting, or contribute to the class, or you know share their opinion, their ideas, you know whatever you know. Mm -hmm. I have this on my little laptop, or of uh, on my phone, I want to show that and express myself almost. Um, so we we I think we in the in the beginning we we used something from Twitter where where it's like the the founder of Twitter said something uh, along the lines of if you provide people with a, you know an easy way to share information, more good things will happen. Sure. Um, 
Twitter, that's maybe another case. And, you know, there's pros and cons of all, you know, good technology. That That's just how it is. Uh, but we took inspiration from that. It's like, if we can provide an easier access to the big screen, there should be some more, you know, uh, positive, uh, you know, effects on the collaboration and communication. Um, so that that was the main, you know, problem that we wanted to, to solve, reduce right. the barrier of interacting with these bigger screens. So, so when when did it uh, become a business, and what? Who was your first uh, client, for example? Oh yeah, that's um, that's a good question because when it became a business was uh, in twenty end of twenty thirteen. We uh, we started a crowdfunding campaign, um, and it, it it was sixty days, so it ended in the beginning of twenty fourteen. And in that campaign, we raised one point three million dollars in wow. in pre orders. Um, so that's also why I'm a little hesitant on who was the first customer. I, see. I, I should yeah. probably know that, no <laughs> but we got we got we got a uh, like fifteen thousand uh, products, physical products pre ordered uh, within wow. those sixty days. So the um, the, pro- the product just to back up a little bit. So the yeah. product is a is a network box that attaches to the network, attaches a screen to the network, just for my audience, right? Absolutely. So so it's a small Linux based computer. Uh, we're right now on. We have our second generation uh, AirTeam compute unit, and then our AirTeam hub that's relevant for you know doing conferencing calls like like we like we have here. If I wanted to have that on the big screen, it's a more the more powerful uh, AirTeam hub that is enabling that. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, we launched with an, our AirTeam one. It was a more it was more of a dongle form factor, um, but still a Linux based computer. You plug that in to uh, with HDMI to the screen. And then you hook it up to the network, uh, Wi-Fi network, um, and then we can, you know, we communicate with that uh, specific device over the network. So from the user right. laptop, you know, from an app, uh, they click share screen, and then over the Wi-Fi, we we send the, those packages, uh, and then the device that is plugged into the screen is is decoding that uh, those packages and then showing the, that signal sure. as fast as possible. Sure. Um, so so you're. Um... I take it from your website that your your first clients are mostly in in business, and then did you uh, you know reach out to uh, education community? How did how did that evolve? It was actually uh, the opposite uh, oh. way around. Yeah, so we 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 saw that we 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 found a really good fit with education, uh, especially K twelve, but all, but also uh, to some degree higher ed in in the early days. Now uh, we cater for both, but in the early days. Um, that just using that cable was actually very limiting to how you could conduct your class and how you could arrange the classroom. Uh, and what I mean by that is when you have the cable that should be plugged into the teacher's computer and plugged into the projector or the, or the TV in the room, the, 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 the teacher would have to sit you know, in front of the right. class, right? You would have the screen or the projector uh, behind that person, and then you would have all the students in front of the teacher so they could see the screen. And if, I mean, there was no, really no way for for students to go and present other than to walk up if they had a computer and then walk up and plug in the cable in order to show something, right? Or tell mm-hmm. the teacher, uh, send something to the teacher that the teacher could then show uh, the class, right? So just by us uh, removing that cable, um, it actually helped. This is not only us, it's uh, we're part of the contribution uh, but it opened up for rearranging the classroom and teaching 
in a different way from the power zone. Uh, it, it, it got coined like that later, where the, the teacher could be out in the classroom uh, more freed up with a with a lap uh, with a yeah with a laptop or with a tablet, and then conduct the the class and and move around in between the students. Um, and the students could also interact sometimes. Uh, still, the teacher is in control and, and is you know doing the is owner of of the screen basically and of the class. But students could could still uh, participate and share their ideas or projects or whatever they you know it may it may be. Um, and you could also actually throw in more screens and or projectors into the classroom so you could expand the context so multiple people could present at the same time and you could get a better overview of, of the context. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we, we were enabling, I think, also bigger change and a bigger sell to happen, which is also you know, helpful that commercially... Uh, we go through resellers uh, and you know resellers and distributors, and and because they could come and say, you know what, you can actually do this wirelessly, and that you just maybe look at the furniture, you should look at other kind of technology to m- modernize the, the classroom. Um, that was that was a some some kind of matchstick for for that. Yeah, yeah. So um, now, of course, you're in uh, in Copenhagen, and I assume your first audience was in Europe. Have you? Uh, how did it evolve uh, spreading across the uh, the ocean to the United States? Right, and this is actually also where we got lucky uh, in in many in many ways. Uh, we, uh, that's how I feel. Uh, I think we also did some some good things. But back to the crowdfunding campaign, we we launched that worldwide. So I think we had 117 countries that we had to ship wow. to, um, and we got some good press in the US we uh, we won the best of CES in Las Vegas award best startup uh oh, in the beginning great. of 20, 2014 so we got yeah we got some good recognition uh in the US market and two thirds of the uh, of what we raised of the pre-orders one was from the US so from day one pretty much we knew that that's our biggest market and we need to not only ship to all these customers we need to establish a go-to-market channel in order to do so. Uh, and we see there's validation, you can say, from that market. Uh, so we have we have focused on on U.S. as our main market since then. So, and that was uh, mostly the uh, uh, education market at that time, K-12? That was mostly the, yeah, that was mostly the, the education market. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so it's, it's also, I mean, the, there are, there are differences, but there are also a lot of similarities. Because, and the, on the similarity side between education and business is some an individual want to show something on a bigger surface. And yeah. they want that to be very easy. And they want to be able to do that independent of the device. And they want to make sure that, you know, it just works, right? And in order for that, you know, it just works experience, there has to be some kind of IT support management tool that is our platform that makes it scalable to not only roll all these devices out, but also configure them, update the firmware. It's it's an internet connected device, so we can improve the experience with over the air updates. Like uh, yeah, like you you do with a lot of hardware today, but that was kind of new that you could actually improve on that experience over uh, over our software updates at that point at point in time. And a meeting room and a classroom is not that different on the core use case. Sure. There's a difference in size, and the teacher has to have some power over the students in, in some way. Um, and you don't have as many participants typically in, in meeting rooms 
some professional, uh, you know, could be network configuration. It could be, you know, de details like that. Of course, they do vary. Um, but some of the core use cases are actually the same. I want to show something on a big surface. Or I want to push out information on, on common area screens, reception areas or hallways, common areas in the, in the school, where I want to show some kind of information. Uh, you know, study groups, uh, lecture plan, uh, mm -hmm. lunch menu, KBI dashboards in a, in a right. business. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I can think of a lot of different uh, use cases. I'm just curious, getting a little bit deeper into the uh, functionality and features. Um, yeah. Uh, you mentioned the lunch menu. I, I I know at my university, they had screens all over campus. Um, mm -hmm. And um, it was controlled by, you know, uh, central authority, and they would have different announcements up there. So is, is that one use yeah. case that you uh, you use? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, another one is um, uh, lecture capture for, you mm -hmm. know, say mm -hmm. lecture halls uh, where you have your uh, software installed or even, you know, even a small um, classroom. Is that something that that you support uh, where you um, maybe automate the uh, uh, recording of, um, of of faculty and their and their screens uh, according to a schedule? Is that something that you cover? Um, not in that specific way um what what we do cover is with our um conferencing solution so that's adding uh the ability to either have a zoom or a teams call started on the big screen in a very quick way uh where you use your own laptop as as a remote control almost to tell the screen to join either a teams or a zoom call uh, so it's very easy and it works across you know those two uh you know services with with more to come um, and that's that's to solve the problem of I'm invited for a call. I have more than one person physically in the room. So it's a bad experience if we need to huddle around my own computer. Sure. How mm -hmm. do I get that super easily up on the big screen so everybody everybody can can see? Um, so that's that's the solution we we came uh, we, we came out with last year. And through, for example, teams like we're doing uh, no, with, with Zoom and Teams, but like with what we do with Zoom right now, we record the session. And if we had that shown on, on a big screen uh, in a meeting room or a classroom setting, that would be part of the recording. So in some way, it's it's not our feature. We support the, the infrastructure right. with, you know, if you want to play it on the screen, basically, um, we can help facilitate that, but you would record it through Zoom or Teams or some other tool that you would use for that. Got it. Got it. So, um, how about fo in focusing in on a, on a, um, teachers, um, in a classroom, mm -hmm. um, yeah. do you support different, um, activities that they might do like, uh, uh, polling? If you have uh, students sitting around the classroom uh, with their own, you know, connected to they, is there polling features, anything like that? Not, not at this point. Uh, and the reason why is, is our philosophy is, that we want to we want to focus on the infrastructure layer or the the use case of the, the student or teacher have something on their computer and they want to show that on sure. on the big screen. How how well can we take care of that? Um, and typically, and, and also with in this case with polling, you have a lot of tools out there that supports tooling. Um, and our belief is you you're more comfortable using your own computer. So in many, many cases, it's it's faster to use your own computer, 
to create some of that and then just broadcast it on the on the screen in a, in a smart way. Um, so we rather want to partner with other you know software or and or hardware providers that can you know enable that uh, functionality. Got it. Um, going back a second, another use case I at uh, some of our lounges, student lounges, where we might mm-hmm. have uh, uh, large screens that you know routinely they're going to show whatever the events are for the day or something. Yeah. But um, there might be an option. I'm trying to remember how that worked, but there was also an option where students in a you know could huddle around and just mm-hmm. take over that screen to yes. project yes. it you know for for doing group study. Is that something that exactly that they absolutely use case absolutely? And that's also that's also how we we saw the screen market or the bigger surface market just to include projectors in in that uh, you can say description uh, back in the days because. When we started out, you had you had the cable, you know, dominating uh, uh, the the. I want to present my screen, uh, my my laptop to the big screen, um, and you had some early solutions, uh, especially for the home. Apple TV, Apple TV was was right. there. Apple only that was used in education, still is in in the in in the yeah in many cases. Um, you had Chromecast that they came out just when we when we launched. You could do some of that, but again, focused on on the home. Um, so and then so, but over time, the pres- wireless presentation category was built up, and then you have digital signage, which is uh, showing something on the screen. You know, common areas as as you said, uh, weekly activities or news or you know sports events at the school, whatever it is, as another category. And by the way, that was that was baked into uh, airports and retail stores, sure. and like I want to advertise on on big screens. So that was the digital signage category, and then you had conferencing, so like video conferencing. That was you know Skype back then uh, out, right. of, out of Denmark, right? And and you know with more service to come, Skype ended up being Teams, right? And then Zoom came, and Google Meet, and and so forth. That was Hangout back then, um, or maybe something else, uh, but. So that and that was a category completely separate by itself. Sure. And and we we to to us that that didn't make sense. It was almost like before the smartphone came, where you had to get one device to call someone, right. one device to browse the net, and one device to you you know as a GPS. It was like it, it's the same kind of device. Like why doesn't it you know facilitate mm. use cases across? And the context switching was so much bigger. The friction was so much bigger switching between, you know, the, the three categories. Because practically, it would you would have one type of uh, computer plugged into the big screen to do screen sharing. And that was plugged into HDMI 1. Then you had another computer plugged into HDMI 2 in order to do some signage right. stuff. <laughs> then you would have another kind of computer plugged into HDMI 3 in order to do some calls, right? Yeah. And you had to switch the source on the TV every time right. you needed to do something else. And that's not a good user experience <laughs> in, right. in our view. Um, so it was, it was like, there, there must be a consolidation of the compute device that is actually powering the screen mm-hmm. or the projector. Mm-hmm. And we want to be that. Like We want to be that. This is the only HDMI input signal that you should listen to right. as a screen. And then you can screen share, you can show signage content, you can show signage content as the default, but then you can take over the screen just as you as you described there, 
uh, and do a quick huddle, study groups, you know. Uh, but then when you leave the presentation mode, you can say it goes back to the signage content and cycles through yeah. that. So so you don't waste that real estate that, that a screen is to, to communicate, to collaborate. Um, and the same with conferencing. So you could also switch and say, now we have a hybrid meeting where some people, you know, uh, gathered in, in the room. We want it on the big screen. Okay, it's the same HDMI source that I have to stay on in order to initiate a, a call. Um, so that kind of removing the friction and the barriers between the use cases right. we saw as, as uh, yeah, super meaningful. Uh, right, so to that, that's your sweet spot, sort of the uh, the traffic cop, you know, for the uh, yeah. for the screen. So you, <laughs> yeah. you depend on on other companies to provide the uh, more granular applications that show up in the screen. Right. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, so I, for I example, the those, uh, the bad old days with all the HTML HTML connections. I I remember trying to implement. Uh, uh, Apple TV across classrooms, and that was kind of a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah. um, and it was not built for that. I mean, it's it's yeah. amazing for the for the for the home and like the entertainment platform that they have also built up. And like, we we don't fight Apple on on the on their top priorities. Sure. And the future of television, the future of entertainment, the future of you know the connected home where you can you know control all the appliances that you have, maybe mm -hmm. through a, a big screen. We don't fight them on on that. Um, so, but but this we can actually do something because that's not one of their top priorities, at least right now. Knocking sure. one on wood, uh, <laughs> but um, you know. So, so, but we can actually you know contribute with something here to make it fit the professional context where you need to roll out a lot of these devices in a lot of classrooms or in a lot of meeting rooms, and you need an easy way of yeah deploying them, managing them. Uh, and and make them fit their you know, can say uh, professional context with you know again with networks or with uh, certifications or with you know whatever whatever it is. Yeah. That so um, uh, shifting a little bit to the the business, um, mm -hmm. I can imagine with your Kickstarter, it was probably faculty that were interested in using the technology. So how did that evolve in terms of doing business with schools, especially? Um, yeah. You know, K twelve. I would think there's a lot of uh, uh, political hurdles to clear, and uh, or or universities maybe the same. Um, can you do you always have to make a deal with with the institution, or can you start small? Could have have faculty implemented uh, air team in their own classroom? How does that usually evolve? Yeah, it's 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 a good question, and. Uh, our crowdfunding campaign it was it was a mix of many many different kinds of people or diff different kind sure. of uh, of functions right and back then to be clear we presented air team as wireless hdmi for all like for everyone for everything so whatever you have on your laptop you can get that on the big screen very easily it could be a movie it could be something that would actually fit the the home use case or it could be in a classroom could be in a, in a business where you want to present something uh etc as, as we talked about we learned that that was too broad right back to what apple and top priorities and the expansion of the future of television future of entertainment happening the uh in the home you know the big the big uh dogs were, were fighting that and, and we won we, we didn't want to partake in, in that fight we wouldn't be able to compete honestly plus we didn't have time to watch television ourselves and we cared more for solving the need in the meeting room in the classroom that we also felt intimately. 
Um, so we present an airtime like that, which which also means we got many many different kinds of of people. We got teachers, we got faculty members, we got IT, we got you know school boards or member from the school board. Uh, we, we we got a ton of different uh, kinds of people that um, maybe tested it at home with the intention to bring it into their organization or just use it at home or specifically ordered it to actually, you know, test it out in a, in a faculty, in a classroom. Um, so it was, it was a mix. How did we get, you know, further from, you can say from that position? Um, we found that especially K-12, um, back then there was this Chromebook wave. Uh, so Chromebooks being rolled out a lot of different places uh, and replacing the iPad in, in many in many cases cases at least. So we were one of the first ones for uh, with Chromebook support. So so that adoption you actually had a good wireless solution to present from Chromebooks, but also from Windows laptops, from Mac laptops that maybe the teachers used uh, to a, to a larger degree. So that's one uh, you can say nuance. Um, Another thing is we found out that, you know, the, the IT school board was looking for a, some kind of solution where we were actually a, a good fit. Why? Because you have a centralized uh, structure where you have the IT school board kind of overseeing all the schools in that uh, region. Uh, that could be 10, it could be 100, it could be, you know, between, the, between that, it could be even more. Um, so standardizing on technology was important for them because support wise, it could be a nightmare to actually maintain all of that, right? So that's what happened with the Chromebook that is like, okay, it's it, it fits the budget and we can roll it out in full. So everybody in the district, they use Chromebooks, or at least the students maybe, and then teachers, they use uh, Windows laptops. And our cloud infrastructure allowed the IT school board um, to oversee all of the you know, 57 schools or whatever, uh, oversee that, but also delegate, um, you know, uh, roles and specific functionality to each school IT person, whatever that that is, um, in you know, to do some of it, some of the you can say mm -hmm. the local stuff at the at the school from a management uh, perspective, and because they could monitor how well you know, the technology actually worked, they could also save a lot of resources on having people driving around between the schools, yeah. like school te te technicians, in order just to check in on the cable or, you know, adapter or something that right. could be super practical. Uh, and, or, and oftentimes, you know, uh, was unnecessary to, to drive all the way there to, to check up on, on, on something, right? Um, so it, it, it fit it, or it, it matched well with their agenda. Plus, again, opening up for how many of the schools actually would like to teach, which is not stationary, sitting down, plugged in the cable, sure. screen <laughs> behind you, students in front of you. No, no, they could move around suddenly and present from their own device. They could get students to say, hey, can you show what, what you're thinking? Or you can, can you, they can be more engaged and involved in, in, the, in the classroom. Um, so we were part, you know, underscore, part of enabling that. Yeah, very interesting. Seems seems like that's uh, that's a hard. Uh, I I know it must be very difficult uh, working with these big school systems. So it's it's wonderful to be able to get in, you know, at that level and uh, and spread your product around. Well, I I have to um, be um, 
um, careful with their uh, audience time. So I think we'll need to bring it to a close. So I'm wondering, um, what do you see uh, as a future? Is this a very mature uh, technology right now? Uh, What do you see is is the next step or the next level? Can you can you speculate a little bit about the future? I can I can speculate a little bit. Yeah, Uh, I mean, we we we're dedicated to reducing the barrier of interacting with bigger surfaces. Like fundamentally, that's that's what we want to do. So people can express themselves, they can show something, they can collaborate by, again, making it a social thing where multiple people can can see what's going on, with what, what you think and what you want to teach. Um, and those use cases right now are screen sharing, digital signage, and video conferencing provided by the, on the same, you can say, platform for shared screens. That's very much our, you can say, mission and 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 how we want to go to market is that Airtim is the platform for shared screens, so you don't have to do that context switching and and have different solutions that you would need to pay more for and you would need to maintain, in order to support these three use cases. So that's what we care for. Now, uh, speculating more about the future, um, how could that be smartened up even even more? Um, and I think some of the latest developments in, in technology uh, could allow us to make that interaction even more frictionless and maybe make the screen uh, even smarter, basically, right? You know, we and we see that in the room. So that's no secret, you know, that you could talk, you can talk to the to the TV and get it to show the you know relevant movies right. or whatever you want to do. Um, and we believe, for example, a use case like that, um, that could, you know maybe even make more sense in, in the business or, or school setting where you, you talk anyway. Now, in my mind, it's a little, or it's, in my view, it's a little awkward to speak to your screen at home just to find a movie. But in a school, in a meeting room, you talk to each other anyway. So it seems more natural to say, hey, can you pull up, you know, Greece, a map of Greece right. and zoom in on something or could you know pull up the sales from from last month, or could you pull up the project plan, or you know could you do things like that? Um, this is not something that will, will be released tomorrow, but it's to paint a picture of where we see this going and how we could smarten up that uh, frictionless interaction uh, with the bigger screens. Great, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, that seems to be the way things are going. Why, yep. uh, Jonas? I want to thank you so much for talking to me, my audience today. It sounds like uh, you you have a very important uh, uh, position in in this technology uh, with with video. Um, I, I wish you uh, the best uh, of luck in the future. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. A pleasure. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. So stay tuned for Fuzzy Freaky Summertime by David Byrne. Until next time, have a great week. She's scandalized And I'm changing size Who was it? Jump on it He's talking trash And he can't get back But he's built to last Who was it? Jump on it
that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to give Rod feedback. You can leave comments on his blog or send email to rod at rodspulsepodcast.com. The preceding audio commentary is the product of the author, Dr. Rodney Murray, and does not represent the official viewpoint of any other institution or company. Podcast.